Pastor Xavier Reese with a simple reminder about the foundation of our faith. The thing that will keep you from being like Jesus Christ is the lack of God's agape love. If you're going to fail in life, it will, you will fail in all kinds of areas, but it will be for one reason, is because you and I do not have or yield to God's agape love. Because when you are walking in God's love, let me tell you, you are the servant of all. You are thinking of others. That's agape love. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Parents who are at odds with their children, old friends who had a falling out. There's nothing that can compare to the heartache of broken relationships. Well, today, as he continues his study in the book of Leviticus, Pastor Xavier brings us some good news as he shares how our broken, fractured relationship with God can be restored. Let's listen. Leviticus chapter 16. The Day of Atonement. One day a year as Israel came before God. We want to look at some of the characteristics of the Day of Atonement here in order to be one with God. Not only as individuals, but the context is as a nation. The chapter is long and tedious, and we will not read it through as we usually do, but we will take one point at a time, and then we will make reference to it and make application. The first thing we want to see about the Day of the Lord, or the Day of the Atonement, not the Day of the Lord, is that it's a day of special sacrifice. The congregation would provide two kids of the goat, one for a sin offering, the other one for a burn offering, in verse 5. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two kids of the goats as a sin offering, one ram, as a burnt offering. And so the priest would offer two for the congregation and then also a burnt offering. Then he would offer, as we go on, two for himself, one for sin, one for burnt. And then there would be the two of the goats that will be offered later on, a total of about seven offerings, and he alone would be doing all the sacrificing, all this washing, all the service, as we will see as we go on. He would be the mediator, the one representing man before God, the nation. And yet in that loneliness, there was such a charge, for he was representing the entire nation. Everything was upon his shoulders. What a beautiful picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he alone went to the cross. He alone bore our sins. He alone is the one that paid the atonement. The high priest offered a sin offering for himself and his house. Verse 6 tells us that. Aaron shall offer a bull as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. You see, he was not only representing the nation, but he was representing his house of Levi, the priest. The high priest offered a sin for the people also, in verse 15, the first two portions. He says, Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. And they would bring it in. And so not only for himself first, because see, he was a sinner like anybody else, and if he did not sanctify and atone for his sin, then he could not be the representative of the people, let alone the nation. 
And so first he had to make atonement for himself, how important it is that we understand that before we preach to others, we make sure that our life is right. That before we proclaim forgiveness to others, that we make sure that we're walking in that light of forgiveness over and over again. That we can not only impart the words of Christ, but we can impart the life of Christ because we're living in those words. It's so important. And so the priest was the, the example to go ahead and he would offer the sin out for himself, for the people. Notice in verse 21 that the high priest laid his hands on the second goat. And he would transfer those sins to the animal. We've gone over this right over and over and over again. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat. Symbolically transferring the sins from the individual to the goat, the animal being spotless, having no blemish. He himself would incur the sins of the people, the nation, and then that living goat who, who did nothing to deserve death would die in place of the priests, of the people, of the nation. And God would honor that. There is a substitution, there is a transfer, a beautiful picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we became His righteousness because He first became sin for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 and our sins were transferred to Him. He who knew no sin became sin for us, was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And so the ritual of transfer. As you go down to the bank and you transfer funds from one account to another, that's exactly what took place. The priest would lay hands and those sins would be transferred to the animal. And as the animal would be killed, the priest would kill him and he would fall to the ground. There would be blood all over and his garment that was white and everything would be bloody and it would be just dirty. It was to remind him of the ugliness and the destruction of sin. The Bible says sin kills. And yet today we parade sin as if it's an alternate lifestyle on whatever level that is. And yet as we look to the lives of people and children, we see the destruction of lies because sin. My sin nature is the root and the acts of sin are the fruit of that root. And no one can get away from it unless they come by the grace of God and are forgiven. And then they still have the potential for sin, but at least they have the potential to live above sin because of the divine nature that is imparted to them by the grace of God. What a tremendous privilege you and I have. That though we still have sin nature, we don't have to live or be a servant to it, a slave. But we can live above it by the grace of God. But notice also, fifthly, that it was a day of covering. The word atonement means to cover. The word atonement in the Hebrew never means to forgive. We get our word cover from it, kofar. It meant that there was a covering, there was a provision made. The word propitiation over the mercy seat is used in the Greek. Propitiation has to do with sacrifice. It's that payment that appeases the demand or the wrath. And so the sacrifice, the blood, would be the propitiation, 
the satisfaction, but the word never meant forgiveness. It really pointed to a future payment. When you get to the New Testament, the word atonement speaks for itself. You just break it up. At one men. A total forgiveness. One with God. No more payment to come, but the payment has been made through the blood of Jesus Christ. The word atonement here appears 14 times in this chapter. Remember, it only appears 52 times in the entire book. 14 times in this one chapter. <laughs> atonement, 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 atonement. This was the key. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. God gave the means by which the covering would come. But the power, the motive for that forgiveness was love. As you walk with one another, as you walk through life, the thing that will keep you from being like Jesus Christ is the lack of God's agape love. Because God's agape love covers a multitude of sins. It is only when I have love for myself more than for you that I cannot forgive. It is only when I am overwhelmed by the love of God and yield to the love of God that I can love you more and forgive. And that is the greatest hindrance to any area of your life and mine. It's the lack of God's agape love. If you're going to fail in life, it will, you will fail in all kinds of areas, but it will be for one reason, is because you and I do not have or yield to God's agape love. No other reason. Because when you are walking in God's love, let me tell you, you are the servant of all. You are the least. You are not thinking of yourself. You are thinking of others. And you are acting as your Savior who says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Do not lay this charge to them. That's agape love. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it probable? Only time will tell. And God will give you as many opportunities to prove whether we are walking in agape love or not. And so if I love myself more than I love others, I will never be used as an instrument of atonement or an instrument of forgiveness. I may be able to minister to thousands in knowledge and in wisdom, but can I be used to communicate God's love, to impart that glorious power that can transform lives and make them alive and functional? It is God's love. Nothing but that. Yet the means by which He does it, we want to mark those, but don't lose sight that the motive and incentive is love. The atonement was multiple for the holy place. Verse 16 says, the atonement for the holy place, the first portion. In verse 18, for the altar of brass, to atone the altar of brass. In verse 6, for the priest. In verse 21 and 22, for the congregation, for their sins, their trespasses. And fifthly, for the tabernacle of meeting. And it's really like a summary state in verse 33. Then he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make an atonement for 
the tabernacle of meeting for the altar. He shall make atonement for the priest and for all the people of the congregation. There you have the summary statement. And the tabernacle is added there. And so it was a day of atoning for all that was pertaining to God. Nothing was outside of his realm. Every aspect of Israel all belonged to him. And he made provisions for every area that he had provided. But again, notice the atoning element was blood. In the following chapter, he really gets into it. In chapter 17, verse 11, he says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Two important things. Every time you thought of blood, you were to think of life. And every time you saw blood, you were to think of atonement. Life was to be valued, and life was to be atoned only through blood. And for that reason, he set apart blood. For that reason, throughout the Bible, he says, don't drink blood. There are other reasons behind it, hygienical and all that, but it was because he gave the blood. All the way back from Genesis, the first sacrifice he made, blood. He covered their sin. That principle goes all the way through. He never, ever violates that principle. From the first failure of sin and the first sacrifice all the way through. If there is a loss of life, it has to be atoned one way or another. For that reason, God executed capital punishment in Genesis chapter 9 to Noah. He says the reason you have to kill that man is because he killed another man and man was made in the image of God. Life is valuable. What a different cry from today where people say that life depends on the quality. We kill our infants off. We're ready to kill our old people who have no real quality of life. We want to put it across as some kind of compassionate appeal. But really the whole bottom line is economics, isn't it? And yet God says man is made in the image of God and his life is valuable. And therefore, if you shed man's blood, the only way that, that the blood can be atoned is by your own blood being shed. You find that at the last chapter, the chapter before the last one of the book of Numbers. And he says there that the reason you have to execute capital punishment, if you don't, the land will be defiled with the blood. Look at our nation since we cease to execute capital punishment. Blood. Blood is on our streets every second. There is no respect for life. Life is cheap. Life is not worth living. God says, not so. And for that reason, God says, you kill a man if he kills another man. No exception. And that goes for the New Testament also. For Paul says that we are under the governmental laws of the land, we are to respect and honor them. And he, but Peter tells us that they do not bear the sword in vain. The sword was an instrument of capital punishment. And when you don't execute murders, then your land is defiled and life becomes cheap. And that's exactly what is happening to our nations where children go to school and they take guns and they don't think twice before shooting somebody for taking their lunch money. Or shooting a teacher because they gave him a bad grade. We would laugh. We would be appalled at that. We would say, no way, 10, 20 years ago. Not today. 
I mean, you have to be careful. When somebody flashes their lights in the fast lane, you better get over and don't worry about it. They come by, give you the high five or something, just don't say nothing, just keep driving. Because you don't know. Maybe the last time you argue. Blood is an interesting element. In the human body, we contain five cores in a normal body. Every 23 seconds, it's pumped completely through our body. It's the only fluid that reaches every part of our body. Do you realize that? That in your body there are vessels, there are, there are, are, are tributaries of veins and little tributaries that go down to the very tips of your fingers? If not, your body could not be healthy and function. That's what happens to diabetics. Their feet, their hands, those little tributaries can't carry the oxygen all the way to the end and therefore they can't get circulation. That blood reaches every part of your body. The life of the flesh is in the blood. You drain your body from blood, you're dead. The red cells carry fuel to the, all the cells. They contain hemoglobins, iron compound mixed with oxygen, and waste is removed the very same manner. The very same system that feeds you, cleans you. Liver is so important. White cells combat disease and infection. Antibodies are, antitoxins are produced to be immune to certain infectious diseases and life is made healthy. You ever cut your finger? All those little white blood corpuscles say, hey guy, come on, let's go. And they all boogie. Boop, and get swollen there. You say, how come it's swollen? All those little guys are in there. They're clogging it up so you don't bleed to death. And they're fighting the infection. They don't, they don't three, uh, you three go do it. We don't want to do it today. No, man, they just, they go over there. Blood. An amazing element. Notice the atonement was real. The blood did and accomplished what God purposed. The atonement was real. Verse 21 through 27 tells us that. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess them over the iniquities of the children of Israel, all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the heads of the goat, and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of the suitable man. Notice there was a suitable man. You didn't just send him out with anybody. Everything was specified. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall be released the goat in the wilderness. Then Aaron shall come in the tabernacle of meeting, shall take off the linen garments, and shall put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. Now, notice that the animal, one was slain, the other one was escorted out of the city, outside of the camp. The animal would carry the sins both of the goats were for atonement. The one shed the blood. The other one symbolized the removal of their sins from them. Taken into the wilderness, the ram would be let go, and he would die in the wilderness, never to return to the nation. Aren't you glad that your sins are so far removed from the east and the west that they'll never come back to you? Aren't you glad Jesus Christ doesn't say north and south? Because you can go south so long, and then you're going north again. But if you go east, you can never go west. You go east all the rest of your life. He also says that he's put your sins in the deepest ocean. He also says he's put those sins behind his back and he can't see them. And they will never be mentioned. The work of atonement was efficacious. Though it was only in type in an IOU, it was efficacious because the payment was valid and was sure to come. In the person of Jesus Christ, where John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of 
the world. Every Jew knew exactly what he was talking about. And in spite of that, they missed their Messiah. The priest changed his garments in verse 23, putting the linens off. Now he puts on his glorious garment, and he shall wash his body and with water and in a holy place, put on his garments, come out of and offer the burnt offering and the offering for the people and make an atonement for himself and for the people. The fat of the sin offering shall be burned on the altar. And so here the evidence that the work had been completed, he puts off those linen garments, he puts on the glorious vesture, and he is back in the position of mediator, and the sins of Israel have been removed. What a tremendous privilege. What a picture. And yet, that is precisely what happened. Fellowship was renewed in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything here in chapter 16 that we've looked at is fulfilled in the person of Christ. The book of Hebrews is a commentary. You get a chance to read it. Specifically, chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. He really gets into the priesthood. And there he says that the Levitical priesthood after the order of Aaron was only a temporary priesthood. It was an imperfect priesthood because every time a priest had to offer a sacrifice demonstrated that the man was not perfect, neither was the sacrifice final. But Christ is our high priest who has entered in beyond the veil. He had to sanctify with the blood of the bull and goats as we see here in the mercy seat. But Jesus entered the holy place which has to be sanctified with much better sacrifice than the blood of bulls and goats with his own blood. Before the throne of grace today, there is the blood of Jesus Christ. Before the throne of grace, you have the man Christ Jesus. Your high priest, my high priest. He alone did the work as Aaron here would have to do it. He alone went to the cross. He alone died for our sins. He alone rose from the dead. He alone led captivity captive. He alone ascended on high. He alone sits at the right hand of the Father. Make an intercession for you and I every day. It all speaks of Christ. He offered that sin once and for all. No longer do we need sacrifice anymore. And if you're going to come, you've got to come through the person of Jesus Christ. If you're going to come, you've got to come through the cross. You cannot come anytime. You've got to come when God calls you. And if you're going to sprinkle the blood seven times upon that veil, as he says here, it means complete forgiveness. It has to be the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven. Because remember, the tabernacle was a pattern of things in heaven. So Christ, the fulfillment of the Day of Atonement. But there is also the future fulfillment of the Day of Atonement when Zechariah says, in that day they will look upon him whom they have pierced and they'll say, where did you receive these wounds? And he'll say, I received them in the house of my friends. And they will weep as they recognize they crucified their own Messiah. And Israel will rejoice in that day as he cleanses her and he restores her. What a day. Israel is still looking towards the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur, the holy month. And yet today, Israel has no sacrifice. So what do they do? It's a day of reflection. They try to do many good deeds before that day to outweigh their bads. Oh, what a terrible way to come before God. And yet, as the Antichrist comes, he will build a temple, he will reinstitute Sacrifice, they will sacrifice once again. In our last trip to Israel this last April, we saw some of the instruments. They've got the snails for the purple dye, for the garments, everything. They've got some of the garments made. They're ready to go. They need a temple. 
Man, we live in exciting times. The day of atonement for Israel is still ahead. But for you and I, it's in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray that you come through the cross by the blood of Christ and that you be cleansed from all your sins and that you may rejoice and walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us that the final sacrifice for our sins has already been made. And you can request a copy of today's study, The Day of Atonement. It's available on CD for just $4. And this also contains what Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is The Day of Atonement. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you contact us. Now, why can't we just let people alone and let them do what they please? You know, live and let live. That's the question we'll be looking at right here on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 